the Lord has made us for something that's bigger than ourselves. And it's only when we lay down our lives that we actually discover the true life that the Lord has for us. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. You're listening to part two of Lance's story, Leaving Everything for Jesus. I, I grew up sitting in my mom's lap in church, and um, I had this one Sunday where I just had this like open heaven experience, and that's the only way I can explain it. It was an open heaven experience. And whereas I would usually sit and sleep through church, it was like I was wide awake, and I heard what the preacher was saying, and he was sharing a basic gospel message. And I knew that I was not saved, that I had not received Jesus, and that I was going to go to hell if I didn't receive Jesus. And I didn't want that, and I wanted to be with Jesus forever. So I went home and I, I prayed that prayer. And I literally, like, I, I remember sitting on my front steps on my or, uh, the stairs of my parents' house, and this light beam was just shining through the uh, kind of like the the glass in the front of the window, and it was just hitting me. And I just felt like I, I now realize it was probably my first encounter with God was that light hitting me. It was like a heavenly light, and I knew something changed in me. But um, I didn't really get any discipleship, so um, I don't know how much of that was the church not doing their job and how much of it was me not wanting to engage because my parents would move us around so many times cities and churches. And I just got tired of being the new kid. And I was like, I'm good. I don't want to do it. Um, I went through a lot of traumatic stuff as a little kid. My dad was in, my dad was just pretty broken, um, into some really kind of bad spiritual stuff. And, uh, the combination of those things, I just was really quite broken. And so when I was about, 12 or 13, um, I began, uh, coping with that stuff. I I'd already been using food and video games and movies to try to escape from my pain and escape from reality. But about 12 or 13, I started drinking alcohol, smoking weed, getting into drugs, uh, started doing steroids, performance enhancing drugs as an athlete. Um, it just kind of progressed. I got into hard drugs. I began, I became a criminal. I became one of the major drug dealers at the high school I was going to. And, um, it just escalated to the point where when I was 18, I basically took a combination of drugs that puts you in a psychosis. Now I know I was pretty much like demonically overtaken. I'd surrendered to the demonic and I pulled a gun on three police officers and they didn't shoot me because it was at my parents' house. I had crashed a car a couple hours earlier and they came to the house to come interrogate me or talk to me and figure out what happened. And I would, came out of the house with a gun and they, uh, they were about to shoot me, but my dad was there and they didn't think they could shoot me without shooting my dad. So they tackled me to the ground. I woke up in the same jail cell I'd been in two weeks earlier for crashing another car. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm just got another DUI. That, that, that's not good, but whatever. I'll be out of here in a little while. And my dad calls me on the phone. And he says, you're not getting out. Like you committed a felony one and you're, you're probably about to go to prison. And I'm 18 years old. And it's like my whole world just falls apart. All my friends are about to go to college. I'm about to go to prison. And um, I just was like, okay. And uh, my dad somehow had a connection with a Supreme Court justice and was able to get my bail changed. It was, I believe it was a Supreme Court justice. 
uh, he was able to get my bail changed to a, a rate that we could pay. And I got out of jail and I went on a several year journey of, uh, I, I, I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm done. Um, I, I repented. I decided to turn away from this stuff. And, uh, I began to follow Jesus. Um, went through a long discipleship journey. I started out in the Messianic Jewish movement for about five years. I was discipled by a Messianic Jewish guy. Uh, it was good. I learned the Hebrew roots of the faith. I learned about the Judaic roots of Christianity. Um, I really developed a deep understanding of the Old Testament and the culture of the Old Testament and of Judaism. But I also uh, w- did not understand the new covenant. I thought we, I thought we were under the old covenant and the new covenant simultaneously. So I'm trying to keep Jewish laws to be right with God. Not understanding. I hated the book of Galatians and Hebrews totally, and a lot of the people I hung out with did too. Um, after a while, it just got kind of weird, and I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Um, I ended up going into the Baptist church and got a real good foundation in the gospel and the word of God a passion for preaching the gospel and for missions and for evangelism. Um, I was moving in the supernatural. I was already prophesying and uh, I was mostly in the prophetic and I I could speaking in tongues and stuff like that and beginning to start praying for healing and stuff. But uh, I was kind of like a a poster child in the Baptist church. um, And I was on track to become a pastor and um, I was doing everything they said to do. I was very influential. Uh, I had a, just a lot of impact. And uh, I, it was like everything was going good, but I was dead inside because like, I would just hear these confusing messages being taught about like the grace of God on one hand and then like God being mad at you on the other hand or like you're not good enough, you're not doing enough. Whether or not that's actually what they said or not, I don't know, but that's what I heard. And I was just, I felt like I was on this roller coaster of like love and like, you know, not being good enough, like love and law. And, um, and, uh, I was like, if this is Christianity, I don't, I don't want it. Cause like, I want Jesus, but I don't like this. I can't do this anymore. I, I literally couldn't do it. And so I actually made a decision to go back into drugs and alcohol and to begin to search alternative paths of spirituality with Jesus as a foundation. Cause I knew that I had encountered him and I knew that he had saved me and delivered me and all this stuff. Uh, and I just was like, I'm basically just going to either I find the answer or I'm going to commit suicide, partying, drinking, and you know, uh, doing drugs and all that stuff. So after about a year, year and a half of that, um, I, was at, I was literally on my deathbed. I had gotten into some pretty dark spirituality, uh, which I had renounced and turned away from, and the Lord had sovereignly delivered me from a lot of it. And, uh, but I was just drinking myself to death because I'm like, Christianity doesn't have the answer. Judaism doesn't have the answer. All these weird world religions, new age, none of them have the answer. Uh, my parents don't have the answer. The corporate world doesn't have the answer. Like no one has the answer. And, uh, I was literally on my deathbed. My liver was shutting down and, uh, I was like, Jesus, like you got to show me the answer. And, um, he connected me, uh, with a, a guy's, a guy's ministry, that uh, basically taught the free gift of righteousness and uh, absolutely transformed me. I began to realize that I was righteous because of what Christ did, not because of what I do, and that all I have to do is believe and confess that and it will manifest in power. I began doing that. I was I quit drinking alcohol. It was easy. I didn't. It wasn't even hard. I quit smoking weed. Uh, God delivered me from a lot of the demonic stuff that was remaining, and uh, that be, and I, I actually fell in love with God because of how good He was not because I was supposed to. And I began to prolifically preach the gospel 
because I was won by the reality and the revelation of God's love and his goodness. There was still some religion and stuff going on, but I, I literally was like, dude, this is like the gospel. This is the real stuff that changed me and everybody needs to know this. Uh, and that's really when my ministry began. Most Christian missionaries are going places that the gospel already is broken into, but we have over a billion people that are in unreached people groups that have no access to the gospel whatsoever, and they are not going to have access to it if we don't go. Um, like we have certain regions of India where our partners have done statistical; they've actually gone into these regions of India and they've actually um, they've actually researched these different districts of where there's Christianity. And some of them have zero Christians. They're all Hindus. They're worshiping demons. Um, and so I guess part of the, my, my personal message is God wants to awaken the church to something bigger than themselves, that there are billions of people that are waiting for someone to come and tell them. And if we don't go, nobody may, you know, it's easy to think, Oh, if I don't go, somebody may, maybe not. So uh, I guess in conclusion, the Lord has made us for something that's bigger than ourselves. And it's only when we lay down our lives that we actually discover the true life that the Lord has for us. And uh, I'll be real. I've paid a massive cost. I have, I've lost a lot. I've, I've had people that thought I was nuts. Um, I've given up a lot. I've suffered a lot. I've been through a lot of hard stuff, but the, the reward that I have received is infinitely greater. I mean, people's lives. Like, I mean, we saw in India, we saw 40 to 50 Hindus in a Hindu village in the middle of the jungle experience a chain of miracles and then all receive Jesus. And if we hadn't have gone, maybe no one would have. And so if, if that's all that I have going into heaven is I have some people that are there because I'm there, I'd pay it all again. It's worth it. Yeah, I really wanna, I really wanna see what God has done over there, touch people here because there's so much more. I have a real heart for like young people that are ch chasing like the best, like the right job and the right spouse and purpose and fame and stuff. It's like, man, you don't need any of that stuff, dude. Like you don't like maybe God calls them into some industry or something, but it's like getting that missional heart is the core of what we're trying to do is showing people like, dude, don't waste your life. He's the Prince of peace. He's the Prince of Shalom, holistic blessing over your whole life. So he wants us to prosper and abound. And that doesn't necessarily look like having a big house and a bunch of money. And maybe it does, but it, it looks like having souls whose destinies have been altered because you said yes to God. Paul said, Paul said the joy that was set before or that the crown, his crown of boasting was actually the people that he had brought in the kingdom with the Lord and had discipled and raised up. When we stand before Jesus on the day at the, at the the judgment seat of Christ, which is a judgment of reward, not it's not a judgment of sin. It's where our sin's already judged. It's a judgment of our reward. It's in the works are not necessarily the things we've did, but the people that we poured into. And that's gonna be our crown on that day. So I I, I would just say that, you know, I just I just want to see everyone walk in the fullness of everything God's called them to and not miss any of it. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. 
God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.